And thanks for tuning in to NYU's premier student news and culture show, The Rundown, here on WNYU 89.1 FM and online everywhere at WNYU.org. I'm Harrison Vijay Choi, and I'll be your host for the summer and fall semesters. Today, we've got a special themed episode for you guys all about dreams. To start things off, we'll dive deeper into the unknown sleep disorder known as sleep paralysis, drift away with a dream story by Anna Van Dyne, and finish things off with a musical lesson on how to create dreamy music using a whole tone scale. So sit back, relax, but don't fall asleep and dream, because that's what we're going to do here on The Rundown. It's 12 a.m. and you've just finished studying. You wash your face, maybe read a couple pages of your favorite book, switch off the light, and try to go to sleep. Then it hits you. Your ears are ringing for some strange reason. It's almost like someone let off a flashbang grenade in the middle of your room. You want this ringing to stop, but it just gets louder and louder and scarier and scarier. And when things just couldn't get worse, you see a dark figure slumping over you. It gets closer as you struggle to comprehend what's going on, and you feel like your body is starting to tense up. You want this to be a bad dream, but you can't quite seem to move. Your body seems to have given up on you. The best thing you can do is wiggle your toe and hope for all of this to be over. The ringing gets worse. The dark figure is close enough to the point where you can feel it breathing on you, and yet your body is still frozen, unable to get you out of this horrible, horrible situation. No matter how hard you try to move your arms, shake your leg, twist your head, for some strange reason, nothing but your toe seems to move. You panic and wiggle your toe a little bit more, and it seems that this flailing gets you out of this trance. If this situation sounds familiar to you, you're not alone. In fact, it's pretty common as three million people, including myself, go through what somnologists call sleep paralysis. Not quite a dream and not quite reality, sleep paralysis is quite terrifying, as this strange but minor sleep disorder can often include hallucinations, paralysis, and anxiety. So why does this happen and how can we stop it? Well, according to an article by Medical News Today, sleep paralysis occurs basically when there's a fragmentation or interruption in your rapid eye movement cycle, or better known as REM cycle. Now normally, an REM cycle lasts about 90 minutes, and this is also where you get the ability to dream, as while your eyes are moving, your body gets into a state of deep relaxation. However, if you break this cycle, your body becomes completely out of sync with your brain, and as a result, well, you start tripping out. You'll start hallucinating, your body won't respond to your movements, and this can all be quite scary. Now, not to freak you out any further, but when you Google sleep paralysis, the first thing that will probably come up is the suggestion for sleep paralysis death. And it turns out that this isn't just some crazy Google autofill thing, because back in 1975, it had been reported that several men died due to apparent sleep paralysis. At the time, these men were from the Hmong people, who are a Southeast Asian ethnic group that was trying to flee out of the Laos Civil War and into American cities like Portland, Milwaukee, and Chicago. As you can imagine, the ordeal of escaping out of your home country due to war is quite stressful, and initially medical experts had just ruled these deaths as quote-unquote cardiac nerve conduction problems. Now, that would have been all fine and dandy had it really just been some heart problems, but according to Wang Xiong, a Hmong refugee, 
Sheng reports that when he and the men would sleep, a strange nightmare would occur, where a ghostly female spirit would sit on top of them, restricting their movements and making it hard to breathe. Sheng was lucky in that he was able to wake up from this nightmare situation, but his fellow refugees weren't so lucky, as they all were discovered dead in their sleep. Upon further research, medical experts suggest that the men suffer their sleep paralysis cardiac conduction problems due to high stress and a lack of sleep that they got when escaping from their home country. And what do you know? As it turns out, the most common causes of sleep paralysis are indeed derived from a lack of sleep, stress, and anxiety. Now of course, all of us aren't going through the traumatizing experiences of escaping a civil war. But it is important to realize that getting enough sleep and rest is vital to not only living a healthy lifestyle, but it's pretty vital in avoiding sleep paralysis. So take some time over this summer to get some real quality sleep. Maybe take a rain check on that late night party, or tell your friends that you'd like to see a movie later in the afternoon rather than at midnight, because it could save you from a night with sleep paralysis. Now, we do dream every night. Sometimes it's strange, sometimes it's a little scary, and sometimes it's usually kind of like weird, but our dreams might be more interesting than we think. So to get in on the scoop, here's Anna Van Dyne. It's almost 1.30 in the morning, and I just woke up from a dream. I love talking about dreams. There's something I find really fascinating about what other people have going on in their heads at night. I don't usually remember my own dreams, but the other night I woke up and recorded myself. In the dream, I had just arrived in a city that looked like a mix between New York and Paris, and some family I was babysitting for was taking me around in their fancy car. And we got to their really fancy building, and there was a long way for the chauffeur. And then I was talking about ice cream with my mom suddenly telling her that I only liked creamy kinds. And that was it. Dreams are these mysterious creatures, something our imagination creates and wrangles with at night. I think that dreams can be overlooked and sort of underrated. That's Ann Cutler, a psychoanalyst in private practice, who is also interested in dreams. Certainly in the realm of psychotherapy, they're probably one of the most useful tools towards self-understanding and self-awareness. When we're asleep and dreaming, we have greater access to our unconscious so that when you can remember a dream and work with it in therapy or in, in another mode, you can learn things about your inner life that are harder to come to just by thinking about it with your conscious mind. Anne analyzes dreams with her patients and even runs a dream interpretation group. In the group setting, it's, it's so interesting how you can come together as a group, and just by working with, say, a first meeting of a group, working with one person's dream as a group for an hour and a half, you know that person so much more deeply than you would, say, if you met them in a cocktail party and had conversation, even for that length of time. Um, so I would encourage everybody to kind of try to remember dreams, write them down, think about what they might mean, talk to others about them. So, of course, I had to ask Anne about what she dreams. I have had, certainly have had the dream that's about, um, that takes one back to school and sort of the exam that, that I'm unprepared for. 
um, or they show up naked to, or you know those those kinds of dreams that have to typically have to do with not feeling prepared for something. I have a lot going on, so I'm always sort of behind on something or other. So that that would be sort of a typical dream that I might have. But I was also curious about what other people had been dreaming. So I asked around. Oh my God, a dream. Oh, I think I had one about my cats. They, we were going, we were like traveling somewhere together, which was weird because I don't ever take my cats out of my apartment. And uh, I think we're on like a train and then the train stopped and they ran away and I was freaking out and I was like trying to find them. A recent dream I had uh, was about being late to a job interview. I did have a dream that I was on a beach with some friends surfing recently. It wasn't a bad one. It wasn't any like one I knew, but it was like out of like an out of body experience of drowning and water rising. I recently dreamed that I went to the Yankee game with my dad and brother. <laughs> I had a dream this morning about my best friend's marriage that broke up my God, 15 or more years ago. And um, in the dream, it was funny. We were just overwhelmed by the grief of the end of the family. Wasn't that crazy? I had that this morning. I had a vivid dream. I had like um, envelopes that was like full of money. And it was the envelopes just kept coming and coming. I kept finding them. And then you know how you wake up in a dream and I was reaching for them. I woke up and it was my sheets. A lot of the people I talked to had trouble recalling what they dreamed about, which is a problem I have too. A recent dream, wow. I can't remember it. Wow, I don't remember, I don't really don't recall a recent dream, so I don't know what to tell you. Anne had some suggestions for this, and a way to think about it. So the best thing you can do is write down as quickly as possible when you wake up, if you remember a dream or dreams, write them down, because we do tend to forget them. Even if you wake up with a really vivid dream and say, I'm definitely gonna remember, remember this dream, it's so interesting, three hours later, you may not be able to recall it at all. So writing down the dream is useful. And then the way I work with dreams with patients, say, one-on-one, is to really look at every single image in the dream and try to associate to have the dreamer associate to that image what it might bring to mind for them. So there's no aspect of a dream that's um, coincidental or unimportant. So, for example, if somebody dreams that they're riding in a car. Are they driving the car? Are they in the back seat? Um, If they're in the back seat, who's driving? All of those very specific elements have meaning. Um, And um, so the more detailed you can be with the memory of the dream and writing it down, the more likely you are to get understanding of the meaning of it. I'm still not really sure what my dream meant, but I'm looking forward to dreaming more tonight. For the rundown on WNYU 89.1 FM, I'm Anna Van Tine. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen a sci-fi movie or a movie that has a dream sequence, you've probably come across the infamous whole tone scale. Now, this scale is super basic, yet super effective in getting a wavy and very mysterious sound, and that's why a lot of film scores write around it. 
So what is this whole tone scale and how do you make it? Well, to explain this, we first need to talk about musical scales. Now, in a very general sense, scales are basically like a collection of small jumps and large jumps between notes. Small jumps are known as half steps, and larger jumps are known as whole steps. And basically, when you combine a bunch of half and whole steps, you get a scale. To start things off, listen to a C major scale, which is probably the easiest and most recognizable scale since all you gotta do is press the white keys on a piano. Behind the white keys is really something pretty interesting. You see, the C major scale follows this pattern of whole step, whole step, whole step, half step, whole step, whole step, another whole step, and a half step. And when you follow this pattern, you make a major scale. Okay, so now that we have a major scale, how do you make this really cool whole tone scale? Well, it's not as hard as you think, because all you gotta do to the original C major scale is get rid of the half steps. So now, instead of having a pattern and a mixture of half and whole steps, you just have whole steps. So you're gonna go from whole, to whole, to whole, to whole, to whole, to whole, and last but not least, to whole. And there you have it. When you clump all that together, you get a dreamy whole tone scale. Now that you know the whole tone scale, go try it out. Next time you're at your friend's house, don't play the C major scale, do what the film scores do and play the whole tone scale. And that's about it for tonight. If you liked what you heard, have a pitch, want to hear something different, or even want to tell that radio story about how your dog can do a handstand, we want to hear it. So feel free to reach out at news at wnyu.org. That's news at wnyu.org. Thank you once again for listening. I'm Harrison VJ Choi, and I'll be back here same time, same place next week, and I hope you'll join me. Sick Transit Glory is next, and this has been the rundown on WNYU 89.1 FM, New York. Thank you.